I'm Daniel Scarpinato. My friends call me Scarp. I've been blessed to have a really great career in journalism, media, and politics. Along the way, I've become friends and, I would say, frenemies with some of the most interesting people. Some of them are famous, some infamous, and some completely unknown. We're turning on the mics now to discuss people, politics, and, well, pretty much everything else. So please sit back, relax, grab a drink, jump on the treadmill, whatever. Please enjoy the show. Welcome back to Scarp and Friends. We are joined today by two real-life journalists. We're actually turning turning the tables. Normally, they ask the questions. Today, we're going to ask them some questions. Hank Stevenson and Rachel Langang from the uh, Arizona Agenda, which is a fairly new, do we call it a publication? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's a, a newsletter? Sletter. Sletter. We like sletter. <laughs> well, tell us about it. Tell us what, what it is and what you're up to. We publish on Substack every morning at 6 a.m. And Monday to Thursday, we just run down the news. Basically, here's what's happening in Arizona government and politics. Uh, we try to provide enough context so that if you're new here, you can get up to speed and um, ways to get involved. Our whole goal is that more people realize that politics isn't boring and then get more involved. So we've heard from some people that you know they've started filing in the RTS system on bills or like one lady said she was going to run for office and we were like oh no <laughs> we've ruined her <laughs> um so that's our whole goal and then on Fridays we do original reporting we've kind of covered the gamut we try to do some things that are more insider focused and then some things that are more you know cheat sheets for getting involved um since those kind of reach people that are not you know working in politics for a living or following it because they get paid to. Yeah, our tagline is an insider political publication for political outsiders. And I think that I kind of sums that. it I up pretty nicely, great. right? And I actually, I do, what I like about it is that it... It mentions you. <laughs> it does, and we'll get into that. <laughs> but I, I like that it, you can just jump into it and you don't have, you know, the thing about the yellow sheet, and we've got two former yellow sheet editors here, my, myself and Hank, is that you kind of need to know all the background and all the people. They don't even like tell you people's first names or what they do for a living. And I feel like somebody could just move here, start reading yours, or not necessarily know a ton about Arizona politics and get up to speed. Is that, that the idea? That's the whole idea. Um, a lot of people are new here. Uh, every year there's a ton of new people. Um, but even so, if, even if you're from here, you know, it's hard to follow. There's a lot of people ha like in the state making news every day at all levels. So, you know, our whole point was to, you know, cut through the bullshit. Hopefully, yeah, cut through the bullshit and bring in more people. Just sort of it should be easy to pay attention to politics. And there's no and lack fun. of material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always crazy. And like, I think that gets lost a lot in a traditional daily paper is just like the vibe of Arizona politics. Like. It is weird, and like you, you can't really convey that in an inverted pyramid style, eight hundred word story that is about an issue. But I think you can learn about the issue, and also get a flavor for like who the players are, what they want, uh, what is going on in Arizona politics through reading something like the agenda, which is nice. Like I don't like I've said this before, but I don't even enjoy reading newspapers anymore. I do it because it's my job. I want the agenda to be something that people enjoy reading, whether or not it's their job. Yeah, our whole ethos is just don't be boring. 
I, there's very little that I look at that I even want to read anymore. Right. And, you know, I think that a lot of the political coverage in the traditional space almost pretends like politics doesn't exist. Um, like they just try to write stuff like, I, I don't know how to, does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's what to we wanted it. to avoid is mm -hmm. like being dry, being overly uh, both sidesy, you know, and that's not to say that like we are, you know, liberals who take liberal sides on every issue, but like we don't. You're the most conservative journalist in the media. I appreciate that. Is, Thank you, Daniel. I'm now a registered Republican, I'll have <laughs> you know. I thought the. Uh, Republican, are you really? Yeah, I just switched my voter registration. Why? So uh, well, I was I had to, I was moving, so I had to update my registration. They gave me three options. You know, you want to be an independent, you want to be a Democrat or a Republican. And just for irony and shits and giggles, I guess I clicked Republican. And because, frankly, the Republican Party needs some more rhinos these days. <laughs> well, I think we just made some news here. I know, right? I think that Hank thinks he's a Republican because he doesn't know that many. <laughs> so, based on his Or he views, knows I mean, me yeah, and he just likes yeah, me so much exactly. that he wants to be part of my party. So, you guys both have a lot of experience in journalism, in traditional journalism. The uh, you were at the Daily Star at one point, Hank. You Just were... following in your footsteps. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you've done following. all the jobs I've done. You might be able to get a job <laughs> on this podcast if you play your cards right. So, why did you guys leave the traditional media? How harsh do we want to be on the traditional <laughs> media in this question? Well, I mean, we couldn't do what we do without them, to be honest. But um, I just, I think we both felt stagnant and sort of sick of a downward spiral that you couldn't really do anything about you know we don't have as as journalists at a big paper you don't have control over you know layoff cycles or you know even the direction that things are heading there's always some i guess gimmick of the day coming down from on high and a lot of times they're just silly you're like this is not this doesn't make sense if you just did things and did them well that's what people want that's my that's been my theory all along um and then we used to work together at the Capital Times, and we, we've always liked working together. You know, we have, like, a push and pull. We don't really agree that often, but we agree on the big things about how we approach different uh, topics. So we've always kind of been scheming of how to work together again, always scheming of how to not have bosses. Uh, but what it came down to, I think, was we, we were in Hank's backyard, just, like, came up with a concept, pitched it, thought it would be you know, completely forgotten the next day. And then it happened to work. I don't know. Yeah, we got a grant. I mean, that's what made this all possible. Is Substack gave us an advance, they call it, of basically six figures to pay our two wow. salaries for a year. Okay, the very minimum of six figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's like <laughs> one, and then they're you gotta work a decade to make that yeah, in journalism. One and then three zero. <laughs> well, and five, split zero. that in half yeah. and pay taxes It's less on than it. we made at newspapers. Yeah. Just okay. barely. But, like, that made it possible. And I think for me, the, the, one time I read the word managed decline to describe the newspaper industry, and I think that perfectly sums it up, is things are never, ever going to get better at the Arizona Republic, at the Arizona Capital Times, at the Arizona Daily Star. Like, they're just going to continue shrinking. And I don't want to continue shrinking. I want to build something that will grow. 
and there's freedom to it. We get to do whatever we want. My only boss is Rachel, which is all right, I guess. Uh, so you're, in a sense, small business owner. We're well, the we backbone are. of America. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you recognize And that. we are super focused on tax policy yeah. these days. <laughs> yeah, the we, we now know how much it costs to pay taxes. <laughs> oh, that's why Hank's a Republican. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it put me over the edge there. <laughs> so you do seem happier. And I think that a lot of people seem miserable in journalism, which I think is a problem. I think when you have a bunch of people hating their jobs, then, you know, they're probably not going to do the best job at it. But you guys just seem, you know, not that you seemed unhappy before. Hey, what were we like before? Just downtrodden. No, you seem like kind of positive, which is odd for reporters to be like seeming like you got kind of a some you know, excitement going Optimism. on. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't yeah. actually thought about that. That's I guess nice I am yeah. happier than I used to be. I, or at least like more optimistic about the future rather than just like waiting out the time till I have to go sell out and do something like Daniel Scarpinato does <laughs> these days. Like there's, chart his next there's a viable step. future in journalism, perhaps. You know, we still haven't even hit the point of sustainable. So how long we'll be able to do this is an open well, question. Yeah, but, but I think there's something to be said that everything we do, we've been proud of. There has not really been a day where we published something that we were like, well, that sucked, but we had to do something. Because we, if we don't want to do it, we'll. there have been times where we've been at that point where this isn't turning out how I wanted it to be. I don't feel great about it. And Can we just, we just scrap it? We just scrap it. Yeah. yeah. Because better to do nothing than something you hate. So, um, yeah, I, we, we haven't lost our energy for it I don't think yet um, although I will say it is way harder like to run a business and run a, you know be a journalist at the same time and we're still figuring all that out all so the time. you're working more oh yeah yeah uh, I was up at 6 a.m. yesterday and what time do we sign off about 11 yeah about 11 yeah um, that would be a longer day than maybe most of the time. But then yeah. we still also work side gigs because, like mm -hmm. Hank mentioned, we're not like financially sustainable yet. So the one, I guess, cool thing, but also somewhat of a downside is, like, I've never been recruited more for work than I have this year. I mm -hmm. think being on our own has really shown people. And from national publications, right? Yeah. And I right? think being on our own has shown people, like, oh, well, on your own you were good, not as part of some conglomerate, right? Like, the magic of what you do was mostly your own. And I think that that's been awesome. I mean, I never had the freedom to do those sorts of freelance things in the past. So I've been able to make more money on that front, but that means like you're, we're working just nonstop. So, but when you're doing something you actually like, it's not, it's actually not as bad working a little bit more. I mean, it, oh, when no. you hate your job, then it really sucks. But if you like what you're doing, it's like, oh, okay, I'm writing a story I actually want to do. I think at first too, we were maybe at, our, at each other's throats a little bit while we were figuring out uh, like our rhythm and mm -hmm. how we did things and I was my tendency is if something isn't getting done I'll just do it because I'm sick of waiting and so I was doing too much at once you know um, but now that we've kind of hit a stride I figured out how to let Hank do things at his own pace which is a little different than mine I uh, work much slower than Rachel but I also work longer hours I would say well because it takes too long <laughs> <laughs> well I do have to give you guys credit because they're so I was talking to Hank about this the other day that last week you did, and I'm not bringing this to pick up, pick on anyone, but there was a story about Reginald Boldane, who I think is a, a good guy in terms of my interactions with him. But he got himself caught up in 
doing uh, running for Secretary of State. He's involved in some C4, a little bit weird. uh, And you guys wrote about that. And then the same day that story hit, and he's a Democrat, um, the same day that hit Axios, Arizona, which is not the same, but also, I would say, kind of a startup and new media or whatever we're calling it. It's a slutter. (laughs) Exactly. Posted a story about how Planned Parenthood is saying, hey, we won't give you an endorsement unless you say, I'm not going to take an endorsement from the police. And I, I just thought it was interesting because I'm somebody who complains a lot about media bias and how certain stories don't get covered. And I'm not sure either of those stories ever would have gotten covered by the traditional media. And I'm not sure why. I'm not sure if it's bias. I'm not sure if it's just a lack of competition. I think it might be a little bit of both. You know, when I was at the, I know former reporters love to talk about what the news business was like when they were in it. But we, I felt like when I entered the news business, it was highly competitive. We were like, we don't want the Tucson citizen to beat us on a story. We don't want the Republic to beat us on a story. And now I get the sense that they don't really care as much. But I think you guys have brought some competition. For all I know, the Republic was poking around you know, these stories as well, but just figured, eh, we'll get to it in a few months. So anyway, I just share that because it does feel like there's stories being covered that I don't know that the Republic would cover. The yellow sheet would have. (laughs) And no one would have read it. (laughs) Everyone with $300 a month would have read it. Having not gone through the heyday of newspapers, I really think that that competitive environment is where people can thrive. Um, And it does play a role in it for sure. I know like for us, we're always like, let's give them a run for their money. And sometimes we'll like, it'll be a scoop we don't even really care that much about, but we'll do it just to be like, we can scoop them, you know? Us as a two-person newsroom can scoop them, so we will. Um, and it's more just, why not? I mean, it helps us to expand our audience, but it's not because we're like scoop hounds. It's just because we're like, make them work for it, you know? Yeah, I think there's like, you know, we've got to stand out. And that means we've got to hustle and we've got to take chances and we've got to, you know, outwork the Republic, outwork the Capital Times. And I think that we're just motivated and frankly we're motivated because we see a direct return on that time investment you know if we get a good story we get subscriptions out of it we make money i grew the yellow sheet subscriber base considerably in my tenure there nobody ever gave me a raise <laughs> you know so there's I something colorized to- <laughs> it it was in black and white you wow. get a bonus for that <laughs> no this is a true story <laughs> is that on my first day they said, okay, here's what you do. You print it out, and then you walk over here, and you scan it in, and then you email it out. And I said, well, why wouldn't you just take the Word document and convert it into a PDF? And they were like, oh, we didn't know you could do that. This was, mind you, in 2009. Thus, the yellow sheet became yellow? Yeah, and so then we were like, well, we can add color, and we can add pictures, which was highly controversial. Tech mogul over (laughs) here. (laughs) So uh, so that's an aside. I don't know. You'd have to go back and look. When did it start using memes? That was, I think, that was after me. I thought you started that. Well, there were... 
a meme or two before my yeah. tenure. I think like actually Christian item. Palmer may have oh, kind of started right. that. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of though, like you know, being critical of Democrats in particular, I I think for a long time since Rep- Republicans have been so dominant here, that's just where a lot of the limited resources have focused is. Who are the people in charge? Who are the people who are actually passing policies and stuff? That was hefty. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I don't. I. I also, oh, I'm a registered Republican. Yes, yeah, so I didn't mention. Well, okay, no, it is funny, but because it's actually funny that you're so comfortable saying. Well, that. and that was part of the joy. Like honestly, I was like, well, I don't have a corporate overlord telling me I can't be a Republican or a Democrat. Like, lol, let's become a Republican. You know, it wasn't like. I honestly align with the Republican Party on more things than I align with the Democrats on. And that actually is a challenge, though, of what, you know, since there are no guardrails on us formally, you know, no employer has said you can't do X, Y, Z. We have to figure out what feels comfortable for us. Mm -hmm. And I'm still kind of grappling with that. You know, I've never been involved in partisan politics. I still don't think I want to be. Um, But you could, like, you know, go to a protest if you wanted to. No one's telling you not to. It's like, well, do I want to? You know, that's kind of what I've had to come down to. Like, what level of political engagement or, you know, aligning with a certain view am I comfortable with? Um, uh, there's so many things I want to ask you guys. This, I think we'll have to, maybe this needs to be a regular thing. <laughs> but so that is super interesting to me. And I guess, like, so um, first of all, did corporate people ever say, you couldn't no but there's certainly an atmosphere of you shouldn't and one time actually i was i had access to the van briefly and i looked up everyone in the newsroom at the star a lot of them were democrats the number of democrats really surprised me because and i guess most of them weren't covering politics you know it's not so kind of directly connected to what they're doing but to me like i would have never registered as a democrat or a republican when i worked in journalism and now that i have all this new freedom yeah well you know i i remember being in the daily star newsroom uh-huh. and now i'm dating myself but george the 30s? w <laughs> george w bush was giving a speech and everyone was like eh, we hate him blah 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 and i was just watching and being pretty quiet and somebody said daniel you're not a republican are you and I said, well, actually, I am. But, you know, it wasn't anything I advertised. I wasn't active in politics. And then it, will, like, became a thing of, like, that I was the Republican. And, in fact, um, there was a meeting about how can we become more less perceived as the red star or too liberal and they included me in the meeting i'm like 25 at the time (laughs) and i said well i would republican (laughs) exactly and in fact they said that and i said well i i would consider bringing on a conservative columnist and don't hire some crazy person just you know like david brooks in the new york times you know is really good you know and can we get him? <laughs> and they and somebody literally in this meeting who had been there probably 40 years said, this is a liberal community. We do not need a conservative columnist. And frankly, I think that's part of why, like part of the problem with the news and with newspapers is it's boring. And like, why wouldn't you want somebody who maybe would write something that wasn't flattering about things they're doing at City Hall um, w- from a different perspective. So I just think that it, I, I do think there's 
that the media is largely liberal. I think there's a bunch of reasons for that. Um, and I think it's a problem because I think even just deciding what's a story, you do need some people who might look at some stuff from a different vantage point. Yeah, I mean, I also feel, I, I do agree that most journalists are somewhat liberal, but I think they're also very tied to like the status quo, mm -hmm. which is a little Weird. bit of a conservative view, yeah. you know? like. I mean, I think progressives have a case for saying that they're not reflected in newspapers either. It's mm. it's just kind of this one sort of middle, you know, very tied to centrism in general, I would say, and very tied to the status quo. Um, when I worked at newspapers, my preference would have been that there was no opinion section. Like, I felt like it was more of a liability than mm -hmm. an asset. And I didn't think it really added a whole lot. Um, I know there's a long tradition of opinion pages, and I think Hank disagrees with me on this oh, yeah. point. Um, I check an editorial page first. Yeah, I just am not that. I'm not that interested in them as a reader and as a reporter. I found them to be detrimental to my work. Well, I so I like like thoughtful, informed opinion. Um, what I agree with you on is I think kind of like the newspaper having an editorial position. Honestly, I think a lot of the times it is very much like the publisher becomes part of the business community mm -hmm. and it's really hard for them to be impartial. And so I'm not a huge fan of that, but I do think like, like I think you'd be a great columnist, Rachel. I think you would have something to say and you actually understand what's happening in Arizona politics. I think unfortunately a lot of the people who are writing opinion don't really have anything smart or interesting to say. Who specifically are you talking about here? Daniel? I'm not going to name names. <laughs> oh, come on. What is this podcast for if not naming names? Well, I think it's at the <laughs> national level and on down. But I think that, hey, I'm asking <laughs> questions here. Okay. Um, but no, I just read. It's like what you said earlier. There isn't a ton that I read where I'm like, oh, okay, this is like something that's interesting or that is Who's well your guilty out. pleasure read? Let me ask. I don't know that it's anything guilty. I love reading uh, Peggy Noonan. I think she, like, ha she to me, what's really interesting is she's like living in Washington D.C. She's writing for the Wall Street Journal, but I feel like she's got a real finger, like, on the pulse of what's actually happening among the Republican base in a way that, like, most people who have been in her position around that long just don't so i think she sees things coming that um other people in the mainstream media don't um but again you know she worked for like multiple presidents and has some knowledge base rather than i think a lot of people who are doing opinion now have never worked on a campaign have never covered politics you have like people in their 20s becoming commentators and I just, I don't really know that, I, I don't really care what they have to say. It's interesting. Frankly. I feel like that happens on TV, right? That mm -hmm. the pundits on TV are younger, but in newspapers, they're not. I mean, in newspapers, they're, yeah, they're mostly the, people much older than me. Yeah. And I've sometimes felt, well, if, if part of your goal here is to have a readership that is younger instead of just people who are older, like why, where's my viewpoint, I guess? projected here as somebody in their 30s like it just doesn't it doesn't exist and that's a great point yeah I mean I kind of in our publication we sort of embrace having a point of view on certain things but it's never on like from a partisan perspective it's more like this is a good point or this is a bad point you know or like 
we're being bullshitted here and we want to say we're being bullshitted, you know. We recognize it. We recognize the spin. Um, and it's funny, when we started off, I think you were thinking that, you know, professionally speaking, you were moving toward wanting to do more reported columns, but I think it's kind of flipped, you know, like... I tried doing that for a little while and I just got very bored of it very quickly, I guess. And I, like, naturally gravitated back towards just... And I, you know, sometimes I guess what we write or what I write is kind of columny, but I enjoy chasing a thing. I enjoy making a thing run, <laughs> you know, like I enjoy like following a story. So I think you're that's... like a dog with a bone. Oh, yeah. always, yeah. You got kicked out of the state capitol, out of the House of Representatives for some of your coverage. Good times. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> Are you allowed in the building now? Uh, yeah, there's Even been that? several changes of the leadership. Uh, I think under the Rusty Bowers uh, tenure, I'll probably mm -hmm. be allowed yeah. in. Depends on who's a speaker next <laughs> yeah. year. Karen Fan, can yeah. I get into the Senate? Who knows? I but have you, would you say you've tamed down? I've gotten older. Yeah. Yeah. And I used to just be you know ready to fight everyone at a moment's notice and now i just like kind of let it roll off my back a lot more and i feel like that's just becoming an adult in my mid to late 30s true? yeah don't you, you? Come i don't on. think you that's knew true. me and i think you've become more focused okay in that i'll take it okay my whole thing is if it's a stunt what's the purpose right so mm -hmm. sometimes hank has an idea and it's simply a stunt right i love a good stunt and i'm like okay that's a that's a thing for you, but not a thing for a reader. Make that stunt into something worth doing, and I'm on board, you know? So I think it's just become more focused. Should we talk about the uh, Don Bowles statue yeah, that we're going to get erected stunts. at the Capitol? Daniel, we could use your help on this. I'm, I'm happy to help. <laughs> I'm a registered lobbyist for this uh, cause. <laughs> I am not a registered lobbyist, nor do I intend to become <laughs> one, but I'm happy to volunteer in any way I can. I mean, I think that there is a very like male bravado thing about just showing up and making a scene, but I think... In my experience, a lot of times that is about the journalist and not about the story. And I get really annoyed by that. So I do. Too. I will tell you, I think there's a lot of sexism in journalism. Oh, do you? I do. <laughs> I watch at these press events, like the gaggles the governor does, and some of the reporters just shout down the women. I had and a really don't hard even time with this questions. initially, especially, I mean... You were there when I was trying to get a word in at Gaggles, and I had a really hard time. And that's a word I say funny, and I know you're going to point it out. It's a Midwestern <laughs> accent. Um, so I had a really hard time with this because there's like one model of what a Capitol reporter looks mm -hmm. like, and it's that asking a very long exposition-like question and talking really loudly. And I don't even have a loud voice. I can't really scream. I don't have the ability. And that's just not who I am. And I had a really hard time being like, what I do fits here, too. It just doesn't look the same as, you know, like an older male journalist. And that's okay, you know, like we all have a role here. And my role can be asking a question, you know, succinctly but clearly and just really continuing to try to get the word in. Um, maybe it shouldn't have to be that way, but it helped me mold kind of how I feel comfortable yeah. in that space and not try to just emulate, you know, the stunt Howie? people. Oh, me? Yeah. Or, I mean, there's a lot of different versions of that, you know, like the screamy type thing. And it, it, it works for certain people, but it's not authentically me. So yeah. I didn't want to have to try to be like other people. Mm -hmm. But it took a long time to get to that point. Now, I am dying to ask you, Rachel, what, and fill in the blanks here to the extent you want, but 
um, the whole union effort at the Republic, which I think you were, if I remember, you were on the pro-union side. How did that impact dynamics at the Republic? And, you know, I think a lot of us were watching that from the outside with a lot of curiosity, and it looked like a dumpster fire. <laughs> what was happening inside, and and how did that impact dynamics at the paper? Inside the dumpster, was there fire, <laughs> Rachel? <laughs> so I think it kind of exacerbated existing issues. I don't think it created any on its own. Like, there was... Often it was difficult to be difficult for like a younger reporter because there was like a hierarchy. There were people who'd been here for you know really long time who weren't as open as I expected them to be when I came there. Um, yeah, I was pro union, still am. You know, I trying I, to unionize against me. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't take a lot. Um, and I think it ultimately will be a force for good. But I think it's a really really difficult spot you know mm-hmm. to be in. Um, unions need a lot of support you know Mm -hmm. to carry off the action so and they've had so much turnover that I think really affects their ability um, to negotiate as well you know I think the exodus you saw there was like not not a union thing but a long time coming Um, but yeah I mean I I, there are some good people there and you know we're great people there I mean I I left on great terms I I don't have any ill will toward them like uh, like I said, we were not expecting to get awarded a grant, so I would have stayed there, you know, longer. I did intend to stay for, I think I told Hank at one point, this will be my, like, 30s job. This is what I'm going to do in my 30s. And it just quickly became clear that it wasn't going to be um, for various reasons that don't have anything to do really with other people and have more to do with what I wanted out of a career, you know? Yeah. So it's hard. It's hard because one, I, I kind of hate that, that all of that stuff happened publicly because I'm like, this is just a workplace. And I think journalists overly focus on journalists. Um, I'm like more interested in like the drama at the grocery store. I don't know why, you know, I'm like, tell me about your weird little workplace drama. I'd be interested in But it. like that would have been a really good story for somebody to cover. And I feel like now, like you guys could cover, you could actually cover the media. We could we do a little bit? I like I said, I think it's overly focused on, but Hank does disagree on no, that. I would love to do media coverage, but the problem is I know everyone. We're and, pretty compromised. Yeah. Like it's just not But I could cover it. Yeah. I, that's <laughs> kind of what I envisioned, Daniel, is you've got no bridges left to burn with the media. Why can't you be a media columnist? Well, I do think that um, what I really believe is multiple things can be true. The Republic can be a not well-run organization, but there can also be people there who are good journalists and good reporters. And that's why I and Hank and I were on a panel the other day, and I said this, that I think that um, you really, it used to be like you'd, there'd be a story in the Republic you didn't like, and you'd say, we're never talking to the Republic again, or fill in the blank, the star, the washington post but i don't really get the sense that people there talk to each other and that and so i'd rather be like hey this reporter um i can talk to and this other person maybe they have an agenda i don't know i do think it's tough in a big newsroom especially when you're all working remotely you do end up crossing wires a lot and there can be a tendency by 
people who it's not their beat to kind of like swoop in on a story if it just seems like a hot topic, you know? And that does happen a lot. And like, I've seen sexism on that too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, me too. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there, there's something to be said, at least for us. One of our big selling points is that like we are locals, you know, we're not run by like a conglomerate in another area. We fully live here. We've lived here for a long time. So, um, you're part of the community, right? We're one of and you. I do think people forget that about reporters is you actually live here. Yeah, and you care about. I would assume you care about the community. Oh, yeah. Is that okay to say? Is that biased? I give can so you, many can shits. You care? <laughs> do you want the state to do well? Do you want Arizona to be a good place to live? Well, that, I would that like thing. the government to continue to exist. <laughs> yes, I think that is a positive direction that we should keep going in. Do you think this is a do you like living here? Arizona? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I've told you this before. I think the co- one of the coolest things here was that when I moved here, it did. I didn't experience a lot of, like, gatekeeping. Like, if you're good at what you do, you can find a place to do it here. There's not a lot of people saying, like, you haven't been here for 30 years. Like, step off. You right. Know? So. I grew up here, and I tried to, throughout my late teens and early 20s, get away from here and just kept getting pulled back and... Eventually, I made a conscious decision that, like, I don't actually want to leave here. And I certainly don't want to work in national media, which would be the yeah. thing that would take me away from here. You know, like... That you don't just, have any interest in that? No. I mean, you know, I do, like, freelance jobs and stuff. Um, but, no, I have no interest in a staff position with the Washington Post or the New York Times or something like that. Why like, not? Um... I guess a lot of reasons. Um, Part of it being journalism, part of it just being, like, my local community. Um, But, yeah, I mean, short answer is no. I I would go into doing something else rather than go and, like, take a job. And I, look, I'm, you know, as vain as the next person. I love seeing my name in the New York Times. Uh, I love seeing your name (laughs) in the New York Times. I know, it's so cute. It's like, oh, he's doing it. Especially but, when my name is in <laughs> yes, yeah, there, there you go. go. <laughs> it's always about Daniel. But no, I wouldn't want to, like that to be my job. You know, like that's a fun thing that I can do from here that like it showcases Arizona from a local perspective to a national audience. And I think there's value in that. But like moving to D.C. and covering Congress, like, good God, we don't need another person covering Congress, especially not me. That's exactly it. I think at a certain point as a journalist, you need to decide, am I in this for myself or am I in it for like informing a community and that'll inform where you go like if you're in it for mostly ego you're trying to get to that higher level and yeah it's, it's we in need DC good people here everybody deserves good people you know like it and it really makes a lot of difference if you have a lot of turnover you know you see it all the time the quality that you get if it's somebody new is a lot different so now uh, hank turnover. you you live in tucson lived no he's here now you're here now yeah, yeah. do you west side do you like it better up here uh, I would live in Tucson if I could make equal money and all things being equal, but uh, I'd have to travel here enough that it would drain my bank account. So, <laughs> you know, I'm here. One last question. So what is your favorite place to hang out? What, where do you go for a drink, Rachel, if you here in Phoenix or in the Valley, if you were like, I want to go hang out somewhere? I have a circuit of places that are local businesses that if I want to feel like I'm a part of a community because I'm from a small town so I miss that element a lot I'll go to changing hands and get like a book and a drink at their like bar there and then I have a wine shop that I've been a member of for like 
five plus years and they have a cheese shop attached and they're just the best people. Hid, it's called Hidden Track. Hmm. I've seen her walk out of that place at noon with, with a case box. of wine. Yeah, nice. it's at like Monroe and Central. Um, and I also have like some boutiques I'll go to if I'm like in a shopping mood. Um, I have like a whole set of small businesses that I'll do on like a Saturday if I just need to feel like I am part of Phoenix. Nice. Hank? I'm not going to answer that question. What? <laughs> you don't want people to find you? Yeah, I've got like two or three places that are like sacred to me because I know that I won't run into politicos there. And like, sure, I go to Lola or like whatever, all the Roosevelt's strip downtown bars that, you know, every politico frequents. But I've got like maybe three places that I know I can go in there and be anonymous. And I love that mm -hmm. because you know i've always lived downtown and so i've always lived next to all the politicos and i hate it like i don't want to see you after work no offense we're not friends <laughs> not even me well, i mean <laughs> you're like a buddy that's like a step above source i guess i'm actually hank's only friend we talk about this all the time rachel asked me who my best friend was and i was like dude that's really offensive Clearly, you're my only friend. <laughs> I know. Best I'm friend. his best friend, but he is not mine, so it's a little bit of a tender subject. So, so you're dodging the question. You're not going to tell us? That's right. Because right. you don't want anybody to find you. No comment. Well, Fascinating. This has been a lot of fun. I think people will find this super interesting. I think you guys have given so much insight into the news business and that you're not, you're not evil. You're not, you don't bite. People should talk to you. Wow. Is that the takeaaway from yeah. this? I'm We're not really evil. That's, so, I'm that's not evil. And also, don't sell out. Yeah. We need people who have your level of experience in journalism. So I hope the we agenda need is a subscription. Yeah. Pay, if you pay to subscribe, then we won't sell yeah. out. So anything on that people need to know where to go? Uh, well, yeah, ArizonaAgenda.com. And also, uh, now that our first year is ending with Substack and our uh, grant money is drying up and we'll be able to keep the uh, bulk of our revenue, what we're really trying to do is sell uh, group or organizational subscriptions because we want to keep this thing um, accessible to the common man at $100 a year. But also, we're realizing uh, that at least in the short term, we're going to need some sort of a hybrid system. So... Uh, you know, sign up your whole lobbying group or whoever listens to this podcast. Like, go a lot get of your people do. do they? Yeah, good, good, good. If okay. you're Jan Brewer, a lot of Jan people. Brewer, <laughs> yeah. ArizonaAgenda.com, and then it's really easy. I mean, it's it's way easier than signing up for a newspaper. Yeah, that's way true, easier. Right? I yeah. still can't log into the Republic on my phone. Yeah, it drives me insane sixty times a day. Well, one thing I like about this is I think. Look, whatever is out there is great, the Center for Investigative Reporting and all that. But I don't think that journalism, I think it's a problem if the fourth estate is relying on philanthropy to exist because then a major donor passes away and we don't have any investigative journalism. Yeah. I mean, there does need to be some business model or whatever you want to call it to sustain journalism's existence so well, i think i mean hank is a republican as you know absolutely and, uh he's he's, he's a very free market he is, conservative yes, he's actually really dedicated to the idea that this is capitalistic in nature you yeah. know I, I i think there is a place for philanthropy and news but hank thinks like all nonprofits are scams in some way so flat out yeah <laughs> flat like, out yeah <laughs> I, and look like 
some of the best journalism in this country is coming out of nonprofit newsrooms. No, no, no shade thrown, but that is not what I want to be. And like what we're setting up to be is a thing where, you know, I don't think we'll ever take more than a couple of grand from any person or organization. Most of our money is always going to come in $10 increments, which is insane, but it can work on a small scale. And we just need to hit that level where we've got enough $10 increments that we are not beholden to anyone. Yeah, and like that's if, where if I you be. get pissed off and you leave, your $10 is fine. We're going to lose that and that's yeah. going to be okay. So I how- love that when people get pissed off and leave. I'm like, oh, no, your $10, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> So how many subscribe? And this is where (laughs) (laughs) Hank is such a good reporter because Mm. he comes in and starts poking around in here and looks at the questions in advance. But I did want (laughs) to ask, how many subscribers did you lose running my column back in January? Well, I'd like to point out that that was uh, supposed to be the first of many columns. (laughs) And that is not because we barred you because we lost... Ten? I don't know. I, I have don't no idea know. how many subscribers. I don't know. How we many did, did you gain? I guess well, would okay, be the, the better question. Is, that is I a think good there question, were people right? who were very vocally opposed, but there were people who were very quietly supportive yeah. mm-hmm. who talked to us uh, offline, if you will. We got a number of like, how dare you? Have, yeah. And even from other reporters, <laughs> I got some how dare you's. And that pissed me off. <laughs> well, I will tell you that I um, that I did get a lot of positive comments from reporters mm. who will remain nameless saying, I didn't agree with everything you said, but I liked what you wrote. And also Republicans who said kudos to the agenda for running that. Well, and honestly, you guys didn't I, I even think there were a couple things, Hank, where you were like, you oh, know. Oh, I didn't agree with that. I don't really. I didn't agree with most of it. But I thought that was the point, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but you guys didn't censor me or, yeah. or you know, you gave me really good feedback as editors. But uh, but you didn't say, hey, you can't put that in or you can't write that. So I appreciated that. Yeah. Well, no cancel culture. So when's your next <laughs> column? Well, I'm working on You're it You're about yeah. six months past No, that this yeah. is what we're trying. I don't. I, I start writing things and I'm like, who the hell wants to read this other than me? It's a daily struggle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And thanks for being here. Hope you had fun. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a blast. All right. Thanks for the whiskey. (laughs) Hey, it's Scarp. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please subscribe to listen to all of our new episodes.